1: This is Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome on everyone, Mike Pankow here, the founder and editor of WindyCitySlam.com and the host of the Windy City Slam Podcast. All right, this is the week. Welcome to episode 100, an all-star extravaganza And for the first time in show history, we will have more than two guests joining us this week. In fact, we have four, count them, four guests. We'll catch up with former co-host Chris Lanuti. Then we bring in El Rudo de las Chicas, Sam Adonis. Then it's Warrior Wrestling promoter, Principal Steve Tortorello. And in the main event slot, yours rudely, Trevor Outlaw. So some of my favorite people and some of my favorite guests from past episodes of windy city slam podcast will be joining me this week. So stay tuned for all those exciting interviews. It's an all-star extravaganza episode 100. All right, let's get into the news of the week. WWE day one was this past Saturday night, January 1st in Atlanta. And we have two huge news items coming out of this show. WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns missed the event due to a positive COVID test. He was supposed to face Brock Lesnar for that title, but here's the big shocker of the weekend. Brock Lesnar put into the Fatal 4-Way, which now became a Fatal 5-Way for the WWE Championship. And yes, sir, Brock Lesnar is your new WWE Champion. He defeats Big E, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, and Bobby Lashley when Lesnar F5'd Big E and pinned him to win the championship. So Lesnar's taking care of two members of New Day to win world championships. And Bobby Lashley looks strong in this match, so maybe we'll finally get that Brock Lesnar-Bobby Lashley dream match we've been thinking about for a long time. Maybe at WrestleMania, you never know. Or maybe they'll go back to Roman Reigns at some point, too. I mean, that thing was just starting to get hot before Roman got COVID. But we'll see where they go. Royal Rumble in a few weeks. I'm very excited about that. We'll definitely talk about that as we get closer. Edge defeats The Miz after both Beth Phoenix and Marlise got involved. The WWE Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch escapes with a victory over Liv Morgan. The WWE SmackDown Championships. The tag team titles, the Usos, defeat the New Day. Drew McIntyre defeats Madcap Moss, big surprise there. But Drew was attacked backstage by both Happy Corbin and Moss after the match. And in the WWE Raw Tag Team Championship match, RK-Bro retains the title over the Street Profits. Going to local action, we had AAW Pros Unstoppable last Thursday night, December the 30th at Logan Square Auditorium in Chicago. It was the final local show of 2021 and it delivered big time despite the fact they had to call off the AAW Championship match between Matt Fitchett and Rich Swan because neither guy could appear at the show. But Josh Alexander defeats Ruby Soho in what became the main event. And it was a match everybody was talking about on Twitter and on the internet. And it was a thrilling match. Josh Alexander comes out on top. And you have to go check that out on Fight TV if you get a chance. AAW Heritage Championship. We have a new champion, Ace Austin. He defeats Hakim Zayn and Myron Reed. A.A.W. Tag Team Champions Ace Perry and Hammerstone defeat Frontman Jay and A.C.H. Mixed tag action. Christy Jaynes and Ren Jones went over Sky Blue and Storm Grayson. Schaff versus Fred Yehi went to a no contest. Juice Robinson defeats Silas Young. Davey Vega defeats the sauce Alex Zane. Jake Something wins a six-man scramble outlasting Braden Lee. Gringo Loco, Dante Leon, Manders, and Larry D. Rush Jones defeats former Windy City Slam podcast guest, Coda Jacobs. And that was a hell of a show over at Logan Square this past week. Check that out on replay on Fight TV if you can. Coming up this weekend, big weekend. Lots of shows in the Chicago area and even Southeast Wisconsin. Saturday night. January the 8th, we have Rocket Pro Wrestling Resolution at St. Joe's Park in Joliet. Main event, Rocket Pro Championship, Marche Rocket defends the title against Shogun Chris Logan and Filth King Brubaker. POW Entertainment presents New Year's Beatings. That's also Saturday night, January the 8th. And they're back at Rumpel's in Twin Lakes, Wisconsin. And they will feature... Noise, booze, and tattoos. And that's POW champion Scott Spade, Midwest champion Rough Crossing, along with their six foot 12 badass Tiny. In Milwaukee, or just outside Milwaukee, Brew City Wrestling Rise to Honor 18. That's also Saturday night, January the 8th, at the Waukesha Elks Lodge. That show will feature legends like Jerry the King Lawler. The Rock and Roll Express, and Tommy Rich. Yes, all of them will be in action on Saturday night at Bruce City Wrestling. Sunday, Gali Lucha Libre number 506. Sunday, January the 9th at Gali Arena in Villa Park. Featuring big stars such as Sam Adonis, Aerostar, and Drago, plus many of your favorite Gali Lucha Libre superstars. And also Sunday, January the 9th, All Heel Wrestling presents their second show, Holiday Hangover, at the Paris Banquet Hall in North Chicago. That show will also feature the Rock and Roll Express and Tommy Rich. Plus, you get guys like Vic Capri and a lot of other local stars as well. Woo! Coming up, our very first guest on Windy City Slam Podcast my former co-host, right-hand man for the show for many, many episodes, Chris LaNutie. Stay tuned. Want to get more customers for your business? Promoters, do you want more exposure for your upcoming event? Windy City Slam Podcast can be your tag team partner. Advertise with Windy City Slam and reach wrestling fans in the Chicagoland area and in the Midwest. Message us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter or email Mike Pankow at WindyCitySlam.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com. All right, everybody. To commemorate 100 episodes of Windy City Slam podcast, here is our first guest of our special all-star edition, the man who is responsible for helping get this podcast off the ground, master of the broadcast basement on-demand radio network, coming to you from the nine-foot homemade oak bar, one of the original hosts of Windy
2: City Slam podcast, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Lanuti. Hey, Mike. I, uh, that's a good intro. That, that's why you don't need me anymore. You know, I mean, you've become quite the pro now. You, you really don't need me. How many different people do we have on the uh, special today that you know for sure as you're sitting down talking to me, like, who else is coming on after me that I ended up being the first guest? At least two more, and then possibly some more surprises. I'm still right. working on it as we speak. Right? Is is Trevor Outlaw on? Trevor Outlaw's coming up. Yep. That's a that's a terrible shame, and I I'm sorry that you feel the need to put him on anything. How is he doing? Is he still terrible at wrestling? Uh, he's actually pretty good now, but the is problem he? is he, he can't wrestle right now because he uh a uh, knee ligament. Oh, I actually feel bad now for that. I'm sorry, Trevor. Yeah, he's. I, uh, could- I take back thirty-eight percent of everything I ever said about you because of that. So I I, I take maybe maybe forty. Maybe forty percent back because I feel bad about that. That's terrible. I hope he gets well soon.
1: Yeah, he's doing the rehab now. Uh, The injury happened about a month ago. Uh, He's going to be out probably six to nine months. It's
2: a really unfortunate injury. That's terrible. That's terrible. Edit all that out. Edit all the bad things they said about, no, don't edit it out. He needs to hear it still. So uh, so what is this, 100 episodes? Is that what this is? This is episode number 100. Yes, sir. Wow. That's crazy. You did 100 episodes of Windy City Slam.
1: This is amazing. I
2: I really didn't think you could do it. Good for you, especially like, I, mean, I really, I, you know, here's the thing. I'll be honest with everybody. Um, you know, Mike came to me with the idea that he wanted to start a podcast to go along with his already, you know, well-traveled uh, website where he's, you know, been going around and covering local wrestling for years. And Mike is a very talented journalist and has been writing for decades and is very good at what he does. But when it comes to a podcast or jumping in front of a microphone, it was brand new to him. And I'll tell you, the first uh, first month or so there, I was like, oh, man, this is, I mean, like he, because I mean, it's it's different, right? It's different talking on a microphone. It's different asking questions, you know, with somebody like across from you and knowing that people are listening to every vocal inflection and and understanding that you kind of have to keep the conversation moving. And it, it takes an awful lot of practice. And I know people that have been podcasting for years that have done Far more shows than you, my friend, and you have progressed very quickly, and I, I'm, I'm I'm proud of you. I think you've done a great job with this. I hope Windy City Slam has many more episodes, all right? I want to be back for 200, 500, and uh, episode number 1,000. Yes, indeed. Thank you for the compliments. Yeah, it's, it was a little bit of a slow go at first. Uh, I
1: always had this thing where I wanted to do voice work or radio work or broadcasting work but you know I would tape record my football video games or baseball video games when I was a kid I mean it was okay but yeah I I mean I definitely need some polishing up and uh, you definitely helped with that and some of the uh, technical stuff you really kind of walked me through that now I know how to edit a lot of different stuff very easily so uh, to you if it wasn't for Chris this podcast would not exist and my gratitude is toward you
2: sir well, thank you, Mike. I really appreciate that. So, I mean, we had a good time when we were doing We had to do this podcast. I mean, think about it. You launched this and started getting guests during a time when nobody was wrestling. You know, I mean, just the other day, like I'll, I'll, I'll let everybody in on a little secret later. Like my, my mother and my father missed Christmas because they ended up uh, with COVID, right? Yes. And I'm on the phone with my sister and I told her, I'm like, it's, it's a good thing it was this year. It was a good thing it was after she they had a vaccination. It's a good thing that they uh, that they have a much better chance. It, we're more worried about the fact of when are we going to get together once they're better than are they going to survive. A very, very different feeling right now here at the end of 2021 than it was in 2020. And we launched that thing. We launched Windy City Slam right before a pandemic happened. Yeah. And then you're in the process of trying to like put together this show and there's no wrestling. Like There aren't any shows, and it's, it's not like we could just like sit down with people. So then all the guests, all these people, I'm sure folks that you'll have on today that are probably repeat guests over and over again, all these people you've had on the show, all these people you've talked to, they had to basically trust you without actually seeing you face-to-face. They had to come on a show with a couple of guys and do it, not knowing what we were going to do, how it was going to sound, were they going to be treated well? And, and it was, it was a struggle to get it going. And I think that actually adds to the accomplishment of you getting to hundred episodes because look, I have other podcasts that, that were around and established before the pandemic. And it was just difficult getting through it. I mean, the the Socks in the Basement podcast, which is my, my main one on the broadcast basement on-demand radio network, is now listed in the top 1% of all podcasts worldwide. And it had two years going into the pandemic. And it has been a struggle. I mean, baseball stopped. You know, they only had a 60-game schedule. Now they're in the middle of a lockout. I mean, anything that baseball could throw at that podcast to hurt it, it is thrown at it. And you, you went through even more and look what you were able to do. And you launched right at the beginning, basically, of a worldwide pandemic. I find that incredibly impressive.
1: Yeah, it wasn't easy. And another thing that's not easy, those first few weeks after... Uh, We split apart last summer. It was difficult to to feel like I was talking by myself for 20 minutes at a time. It's like, oh, my gosh, doing the recaps of the local shows, opinions on wrestling. I figured I got to break it up somehow. I mean, I've had guests every week for a little over a year now, which is great. I mean, it's another voice. It's somebody I can talk to, sometimes multiple guests at the same time. In fact, one of my favorite moments Post Chris Lanuti was getting Trevor Outlaw and Vic Capri on at the exact same time, and we did a face to face. Now this was an idea we actually talked about uh, while we were um, coming up with the show um, before we did the little split. But yeah, we they had a match of Bruin Championship Wrestling last September, and I had them kind of face off and do a little like uh, verses head to head, and it turned out great. Uh, one of my favorite episodes of all time, and you could check that out on the archives. Vic Capri and Trevor Outlaw from last September. But yeah, great time, great concept. And you know, it was something you kind of threw at me um, in the very beginning stages of the podcast. And I was very excited to be able to execute that.
2: That's awesome, Mike. That's really, really cool. So, I mean, I do miss, um, you know, yelling about things. You know, <laughs> I do miss, I do miss getting, uh, getting angry, getting, I mean, there were times that I just, I know I popped off on the show and I do miss that. I I, I will tell you this, like I'm still following pro wrestling, but you you kind of, pushed me into following everything. Like, I don't think I, I followed local wrestling anywhere near as close as I did during the show when I was on it. And even since then, the fact that I, I keep track of what's going on in it. And I think it's a great service to, to, uh, to the entire Chicagoland area and, and, you know, Southern Wisconsin and out in Indiana and in Michigan and all these other, all these promotions that are going on because they're not going to get followed by the big boys. Um, they're not gonna get they're not gonna get press from from those that want to talk just WWE and just W uh Um or AEW. I must say W C W like they still exist. <laughs> AEW. Uh, you know, I mean like like the, the this gives this gives great a great service to those that like to follow, you know, regional local wrestling. It helps out the wrestlers. I know it helps them, you know, kind of get themselves out there more. It, it gives practice to them in terms of jumping in front of a microphone. I'm sure they're all very appreciative of the fact they can jump on and they can kind of practice their craft and get used to those kind of things, because if they elevate and go to a bigger promotion, this will give them a little bit of help. This is a little bit more experience and it really kind of brings the community together. And when you, when I saw that you already had the website and the connections that you were already making, and you were talking about the idea of doing a podcast, I could see the potential in the fact that it could get, you know, interwoven into the fabric of local Chicagoland wrestling. And I think that you've gone there. I think you've gotten there and I think you've done it in a very difficult time to do it. It would have been a lot easier when you launched this thing. If we could have been sitting ringside the entire first summer that we were out, right? Yeah. Like if we were like, at, we couldn't go anywhere, you know? And so for you to be able to pull this all together in the face of every obstacle thrown at you, it's awesome, dude. I, I I'm digging it. Yeah. And also big kudos to you. Like I said, Oh, stop giving me kudos. I left you. <laughs> I abandoned you. Are you kidding? Me? Here's, here's a funny thing, but I'll give you this. I'll give you this little bit of a tidbit of all the shows that I've started on the broadcast basement on demand radio network. And there's been a lot of them. There are some that have become very successful uh, right now. There's a three headed monster of them with socks in the basement, the EP podcast that covers evergreen park and the new Southside pod. That's a year into it. That is going gangbusters. But whenever one of them wasn't working the way I wanted it to, or in your case, something I just couldn't give the time. Like I knew that you needed to be able to put more into it than what I was able to do with all the shows I was doing. Every other one, honest to goodness, Mike, that I've said, okay, I, I, you know, I'm not going to be on it anymore. I've got to walk away. And the other person kind of tries to take it over. They don't last. I mean, so stop giving me kudos because I haven't done anything. I haven't done anything for a lot of episodes now, man. I was, I was gone in May and you have, you've actually made the show better. So, you know, get, you should have like lights behind you. Look at all those lights behind you need lights behind you. You need something that accentuates you and like a big sign. that says Mike Pankow's the man. Oh, I'm working on the offices.
1: Obviously there's still a lot to to do here, but yeah. Are you video
2: podcasting now more than audio podcasting? Actually,
1: No, no, I'm still doing audio, but uh, I just like to do the zoom videos just to see the people. And, you know, in case I need to use like footage for like promos or something too.
2: Oh, I think that's great. You always did better when, when you're on the microphone, when you could see the person on the other side of like, when you were down here at the bar and we weren't stuck because of uh, quarantines and stuff like that on the phone line. When you were down here at the bar, you were a much comfortable person when you were talking on it. I, I think it's a great idea. Definitely. And speaking of
1: press, you were talking about, you know, not the, these promotions, not getting press, Talking about the media and wrestling. Um, there was this one episode going back to October 19th, 2020. We were talking about the PWI women's 100 and... You just go off on Alexa Bliss's number 27 ranking. And right now I'm going to play a clip real quick from that. And then I want you to go ahead and kind of reminisce about that. I'd have to pull up the issue real quick to catch um uh, three through five. No, but it's I okay. Know. I was just curious if you knew it off the top of
2: your head. You know, and I I was I was wondering how my girl Alexa Bliss did. Oscar
1: was 3, uh-huh. Charlotte Flynn was 4, right. Sasha 5, and then Sheeta was 6, the first AEW representative, and Tessa Blanchard was 7, which I was going to mention momentarily. So, yeah, that's where your top uh, guys are. Uh, your girl dropped a bit. Uh, Alexa Bliss was 27th. After oh, my God, 12. this list is oh, illegitimate,
2: shit. and I'm throwing it out right. Ridiculous. re damn ridiculous. okay? <gasps> I am just disgusted by the entire <laughs> thing. Give it another bow. Oh! Horrible 27th. <laughs> Five feet of fury yeah, right she there. she
1: miss a little bit of time with injury, I think, I, too, don't, care. I,
2: think I don't care. I don't care. Okay? Becky Lynch is too, yeah. and she's been out being pregnant <laughs> for, like, the last six months. I don't care. Another boot. <laughs> another boot. Oh! That Alexa Bliss-Way Bryant thing might be one of the, the the best things going on right now. Okay, Bray Wyatt.
1: And now, they're,
2: and now they'll both be on Raw because they both got drafted to Raw.
1: Right. So that'll be interesting to see this how is that something, I
2: mean, like, come on, 27th. Who's writing oh! this? Terrible. Anyway.
1: Yeah, taking PWID tasks, the yeah. Bible of pro wrestling. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. They're out of their minds. <laughs> you know, I was so upset. I was calling wrestlers by the wrong names. I was, I was hitting uh, boo buttons on, uh, on the council, which was something that we had whenever we did a live podcast or when we were recording through the Podbean app because we were stuck in two different locations. So I remember that about it. Uh, I stand by every single thing that I said. Let me tell you something. Alexa Bliss is an incredibly talented wrestler and is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, And I'm sorry if this will hurt my wife's feelings if she ever sees this episode, but if I would have met Alexa Bliss in my prime, Okay. Like if I could go back in time and be in my prime and come forward in time and find Alexa bliss and we could cross paths or something like that. Like I would just like devote my, all of my existence to trying to be around her. There probably wouldn't be the three beautiful Lanuti children running around the house. I, I, I'm just absolutely in love with her, but all of that aside, her wrestling, her talent is, is really up there her storyline telling the things that she did even since that list came out but what she was doing before that list and i go back to it i'm you know i was right then and i'm right now you're like oh she was injured well becky lynch was pregnant why was she up at the top of the list and alexa bliss was down you know here's my thing with with publications like uh, pwi they serve a great purpose and um they bring the wrestling community together there's also not a lot of competition there's not I mean, there's that, Mike. Yeah. I mean, there's Is that like, it's not like you got ESPN and Fox Sports and you know, uh, 15 other websites and and that are all covering wrestling in an equal way. And PWI kind of gets away with, well, if we say it, it's true, and it's not always true. I mean, on that list, you had Tessa Blanchard. Where uh, where's she been since that list came out? Did she really belong in the top 10? I say no. And so, like, I I still stand by that, and I I like getting fired up and yelling about things like that. And don't you ever. Ever trivialize my girl alexa bliss ever ever hopefully
1: we'll see her back soon she is
2: on another I, break Beat uh, of fury yeah yeah
1: hopefully yeah. she'll be back soon um
2: i know why and, is it every person we're talking about is not is not active right now
1: why it's gone you
2: know i'm not active you know i mean like the, everybody we're talking about is not active right now it's very disappointing very <laughs> it's upsetting so anyway so, anyway, what so now who, you got, you got more guys coming up here on this show, right? Indeed. Yep. Uh, Trevor Outlaw's coming up in a little bit. People well, that are more entertaining than me. <laughs> Trevor Law's pretty damn
1: entertaining. You have to give him that. You have to give him that.
2: He is. He, is. he yeah. is. He's entertaining. And he then is. Sam Adonis
1: as well, who uh, is a guy who I've come to know the last few years. And he's a hell of a
2: wrestler, a hell of an entertaining guy as well. I remember talking to him. He's a good interview. You'll yep. have fun with him. Definitely. Yeah. Yes, yeah. indeed.
1: Yeah. All right, Chris, thank you so much for coming on. Great reminiscing some memories and hopefully we'll have you on again, down the blinds at some point.
2: All right, Mike, hopefully I didn't ruin your show too much. Now get back to the important talk of uh, local pro wrestling. Absolutely.
1: Great to catch up with Chris Lanuti after a few months away from each other. He was the guy that was really responsible for helping me get on the air with Windy City Slam podcast. I am forever grateful for his help and assistance and his technical savvy. And that really helped make Windy City Slam podcast what it is today. All right. We will be heading to our next guest, a guy who I really have come close to over the last couple of years. Sam Adonis, coming up next. All right, to commemorate 100 episodes of Windy City Slam podcast, we welcome someone who has been a, become a pretty good friend over the last three years, someone who always has time for me at shows, He's El Rudo de las Chicas and a prominent member of La Impresa. He's recently been in AAA and in NWA, as well as Warrior Wrestling and Galilucha Libre around the Chicago area. Ladies and gentlemen, Sam Adonis. Sam, how you doing?
3: I'm doing good, buddy. Like you said, uh, uh, we have become friends lately, and that's why I was able to set some time aside this busy holiday season to come on the show one more time. I'm actually getting ready to run out the door to a show in Maryland for Maryland Championship Wrestling tonight. So I figured I'd hop on here with you and discuss 100 episodes with Winnie City Slam.
1: Wow. Yeah. So we had you on uh, about a year or so ago with my co-host, Chris, and it was awesome talking to you a little bit about your career and, you know, some of the things that you've done over the last decade or so. You're a great, great heel, especially down in Mexico. But you seem to be getting some positive reactions now at Warrior Wrestling over the last few months, especially when you had matches with Jay White and then Moose and Matt Taven most recently. So uh, can you explain a little bit more? I don't want to say it's a face turn in Warrior or anything like that, but could you explain no. that a little bit?
3: Uh, I'm of the opinion that most professional wrestling fans, they're the ones that you know, steer the ship. Uh, you know, there's the, the storylines, the angles and everything in between. But at the end of the day, it comes down to consumer and the ticket buying fan. Um, I'm one of the only guys that's been around since day one at Warriors. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it'd be me, Frank the Clown, Brian Cage and uh, Brian Pillman Jr. Probably have the more, most events under our belt with Warrior. But I was there every show. And, and I, I'd like to consider myself almost old faithful. I was always there. I worked my ass off. I delivered a good match. And, you know, I I was never the top of the card. I was never the main guy, but I was always there and I was always consistent. I think the fans, you know, after almost four years, finally picked up on that. Um, It was really cool when I came to wrestle Matt Cardona this past summer. You know, Matt Cardona is a controversial character. You know, he has a lot of people that love him because of his WWE time and his podcast and everything. But a lot of people don't like him because he is, you know, the the antithesis of the, the current independent vibe you know he's a mr wwe and a lot of people didn't like that about him so we had our match in june and i was surprised that the crowd was kind of divided 50 50 i'm like what the hell is this You know, i'm the bad guy this is what i do at warriors i start crapping you know and i get my butt kicked and go home that kind of you know switched something in my brain and after that day you know everybody kind of started coming up to me and you know saying thank you and just appreciating the work that i did put in with warrior and you know a couple people made some jokes saying man you are warrior wrestling you're mr warrior i'm like okay cool yeah just laugh about it laugh it off you know next time i came back there were signs in the audience you know people were talking about mr warrior sam adonis i'm like wait what that this that wasn't just a one night thing it really blew my mind in my match with jay white because you know jay white's one of the top heavyweight stars on the planet right now you know and and just having any respect they got against a guy that famous and you know, that good really meant a lot. You know, and I think that kind of drove it home because you know, the match was a little bit different than people are used to seeing, you know, it's more of a 50 50 style athletic competition instead of a, you know, Sam and heel match. And I think I earned a lot of respect there. And from that point on, it almost feels like, you know, I, I kind of think I'm a babyface. I don't know. I don't wrestle babyface enough to know that, that, what that feels like. But either way, you know, I love it. I love coming to Chicago. I always say Warrior's like my home promotion in the United States. And, you know, everybody's had my back. So uh, it's it's something new. It's something exciting. And I'm really looking forward to 2022 because, you know, the fans have my back. And, you know, I'm always going to be there and I'm going to keep delivering. And uh, hopefully, you know, when the people, the people support me a little bit more, maybe I'll get some bigger opportunities for some bigger matches and uh, maybe one day win that precious Warrior Heavyweight Championship.
1: You think that time's coming anytime soon?
3: Oh, I wouldn't be able to tell you, man. I'm very blessed right now, very fortunate because uh, going into 2022, I already have a very, very busy calendar. You know, almost I have dates up until December already, which is a good, good problem to have. Um, like I said, I want to be a part of warrior. I want to be there for them. They're expanding, they're re- reaching out to new cities and new audiences. You know, their next coming show is January 22nd in South bend, Indiana. So, you know, I'm just proud to be a part of a good team and, uh, you know, be along for the growth, but you know, as well as I do, you know, it's really cool. I think everybody in wrestling across the board can agree that warrior is one of the you know, top notch professional promotions in the United States today. Nobody can say a bad word about how we're treated. You know, how great of guys Steve and Eric are. The fans, you know, the shows are great. The fans are great. The ambience is great. The buzz is great. You know, from top to bottom, I'm proud to be on every show. And hopefully I just get more opportunity in 2022. So
1: what is going on with you in Mexico right now? And is the reaction still as crazy as ever?
3: Ah, it's it's a little bit different of a reaction. I always tell people CMLL is like a pro wrestling company, whereas AAA is like a television company. They're almost different animals. But, uh, you know, coming from CMLL to AAA, now I'm in, you know, the top heel faction in AAA as La Empresa. La Empresa is actually a play on uh, Empresa Mexicana de Lucha Libre, which is the original name of CMLL, you know, back in the 80s and before. So we're basically the invaders. It's like an NWO gimmick of AAA which is awesome. You know, that's an age-old rivalry, you know, CMLL versus AAA. So right now, coming in there, we we definitely have all the heat in the world. we were doing great things, big audiences, you know, kicking ass, hardcore matches, everything in between. But uh, it's slightly different because, you know, when when I was doing the American Trump supporter gimmick back in, you know, CMLL, that was a little bit more core to the bone. You know, it was a little bit more of a sensitive topic, Right now, it's it's just uh, you know it's a good situation to be in. I I say that I get a crowd wound up better than almost anybody on the planet. You know, I, you've seen it at Warriors, and it's right where I need to be. And you know, I'm really excited about what's coming in 2022. I'm um, actually down there at the end of the month again, and it's just it's so much fun to be able to be back in a TV wrestling environment. And uh, you know, it's funny because the, the the lucha scene is so big in the United States you know, being in that position already just gives me so many more opportunity as an independent wrestler in the United States.
1: Now uh, your family, uh, in your personal life has gotten a little bit bigger over the last couple of years. Ray Lynn, a uh, up and coming women's wrestler. She's really making her name for herself in many different places, part of blonde force trauma, obviously. And you guys actually wrestle on some of the same shows, but for the most part, you wrestle on a lot of different shows over the weekend. So And you're making names for yourselves without using the other. So what's it like kind of missing each other on a lot of weekends where you're maybe in Chicago doing Warrior and maybe she's down in Texas
3: for Mission Pro or some other promotion? I think a lot of the you know that's one of the things that makes everything work and makes everything you know so special because we are on the same page. That's you know where we came from in the first place. We were two of the only people in Pittsburgh that were constantly traveling and doing these shows across the country, you know, and and how many locker rooms I've been in where someone says, Hey, do you know Ray Lynn and vice versa? So you know when we finally started you know hanging out and becoming friends, we could relate on a very deep level. Um, I think it's really cool. In a sense, when I when I am in Texas and she's in Chicago or vice versa, like you said, you know, we kind of we understand the whole process. You know, it, it's very we understand the weight at the airport and, you know, oh, my room, my, my the, the, the hot water doesn't work at the hotel. You know, we've all been there and we understand it. And at the end of the day, it kind of keeps it fresh. You know, it's one of those things where when you're gone for two or three days, you always tend to miss each other. And when we come home, you get to appreciate the time we have.
1: Now in the NWA, have you ever thought about challenging Chris Adonis, the former Chris Masters for the right to the Adonis
3: name? Well, there's, there's a, I don't know how much trouble I can get into for a little spoiler here, but uh, we have, we've already put some content out there where we aren't necessarily fighting each other, but we, we've come to terms on an agreement on how to work together. Let's put it that way. So uh, there's definitely going to be some some things in the coming weeks where you'll see Sam Adonis and Chris Adonis in the same ring and on the same side. Nice. So
1: just want to let you know, before I let you go, it's been really cool interacting with you over the last few years. In my mind, you've gone from being Corey Graves' brother to Corey being Sam Adonis' brother. <laughs>
3: well, that's, that's about as good as a good of a compliment as I can receive from someone like yourself so uh it's the same thing I don't know if it's stubbornness stupidity or, or if it's the right thing to do but you know I've always been a little bit proud and I don't want to ever be known as Corey Gray's brother you know I've I've gone to the point where in Mexico you know like like you just said everyone in Mexico says hey do you know that announcer on WWE is Sam Adonis' brother you know I did that by myself and now we're finally to the point Um, I always say that I missed out on a lot. You know, I have a great experience and a great story from the time I've spent overseas. But, you know, there's been a whole fast paced moving American indie scene that I've kind of been far removed from. You know, since AEW came out and a lot of those guys have have gone on to sign these contracts. I I feel right now that I'm kind of at the forefront of the independent scene, which is awesome. And it's nice because I really believe that with enough time, you know, everyone's going to be saying just that. Oh, Hey, yeah, this is, this is uh, Corey Graves is Sam Adonis' brother. So uh, that's not necessarily ever been a, a goal of mine, but it's something that I, you know, you better believe I'll be rubbing in his face at Christmas dinner.
1: <laughs> so, and before I let you go, um, if you want to plug your social media, whatever merchandise you might have, and when you will be back in the Chicagoland area.
3: Uh, I am at at real Sam Adonis on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can reach out to me. I try to check my spam folders at least once a week. So I'll do my best to, you know, get back and and uh, you know fight with some trolls or whatever thing like that. But I will be back on January the 9th for Galley Lucha Libre in Villa Park. I'll be wrestling against Cody Jones for the Galley Heavyweight Championship. I'll be in South Bend, which I guess, because Chicago is a big city. I mean, it's it's an hour and a half away, but in my opinion, I could see South Bend being a little bit of of the uh, suburban Chicago area. So uh, I'll be there on January 22nd, and then I'll be back in Chicago on February the 12th at Warrior Wrestling 19.
1: All right, Sam. Thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate you being part of our all-star edition of Windy City Slam Podcast, episode number 100.
3: Awesome, Mike. I'll see you soon, buddy.
1: He's definitely more than just Corey Graves, his brother. He's Sam Adonis. He's a cool cat. He's a great guy. Love seeing him get more exposure in the NWA in the States. He is Mr. Warrior Wrestling other than Frank the Clown, of course. He's also going to be at Galli Lucha Libre this weekend, so I'm very excited that he'll be in town once again. Great, great time talking with Sam. And now we move on to our next guest, speaking of warrior wrestling they have a big show coming up in a couple of weeks in south bend coming up next warrior wrestling promoter principal steve tortorello all right here to commemorate 100 episodes of windy city slam podcast we welcome to the 100th episode all-star extravaganza the guy behind warrior wrestling the promoter Principal Steve Tortorello. Steve, how are you
4: doing? I am great, my friend, and it's great to be here. It's great to be celebrating 100 episodes. Yes, indeed. And we go back to the summer of
1: 2018, just when the Windy City Slam website began, the site where I report on events and photos and all that good stuff. We met outside of Cicero Stadium and you were flyering Warrior Wrestling 2 at that point. And I was very excited to see you. I was very excited to see the flyer. I was really interested in the show. Then we ended up doing an interview, previewing that show for WindyCitySlam.com. We got to know each other a little bit. I got to learn your history in wrestling and actually tr- tried to be a wrestler at one point, which was crazy. That just blew my mind. <laughs> but then, you know, I, I couldn't cover two in person, but I've covered pretty much every show since uh, maybe 13 out of the 17 total now. So I've been a very happy to be a very small part of the warrior wrestling family and covering the action for Windy
4: City Slam. We're, we're, we've been happy to have you. You know, that's one of the things that, we very purposefully built Warrior on was the idea of come on in, you know. As we have found various people who have interests in wrestling or want to do different things or share their talents in different ways, our philosophy is come on in, the door is open, you know. And I think that goes back to uh, my upbringing and Eric's upbringing and the other members of the team who came from great families who had that attitude towards life. And uh, that's the attitude we have towards wrestling. So when we, when you and I connected and you shared your passion for covering wrestling and your history of of covering various sports and things, I said, come on in. And that's, that that was, we were off to the races. Yeah. Now
1: you've had 17 warrior events and superstars galore have come in the door. You guys have gained some significant notoriety and traction and Will Ospreay and Thunder Rosa are your top two champions. That's pretty darn impressive.
4: Now, did you ever imagine Warrior getting this big? You know, not at the, at the start, you know, because it began as a one-off. It was a one-time event at Marion um at, at the school and it didn't really we didn't see it having a big trajectory and then we said oh well, maybe we'll do it a little bit more frequently people liked it it went well it made money for the school so we added some more shows and we did four shows over the course of 2018 and 19. and then the pandemic kind of changed everything and, and, and threw a question mark into everything and we had to step back and think about what do we do and how do we do it and we stumbled backwards into the outdoor shows which worked really well and became a totally different flavor of warrior wrestling. And then as you said, as it's gained traction over the last year and a half or so, we've really started myself and everybody else internally has started to think about, well, gosh, how far can we run with this thing? And, and, and in the past it was um, you know a small hobby that we kind of did on the side. And now it's something that more and more of us are putting our further and fuller energy toward because we believe in it and it's working and it's growing and we want to see how far it can go. So to answer your question, no, we didn't really see it getting this big and we have no idea where it's going, but we are happy for the ride. Now, Eric Hamilton and
1: I were talking after warrior 17 for a couple of minutes. And he just said that he thought the fans were really generally surprised when they pop so big for that title change for Will Osprey winning the championship. And personally, I didn't expect it either because he's one of those guys like, okay, maybe he'll come in for a show here or there, but no, he's not going to get the title. I mean, cause he can't be around that much, but you guys pulled this off. He's the champion and now he's coming back to South Bend. So how the heck did you guys do that?
4: You know, a lot of planning and and brainstorming and thinking through and conversations with will and conversations with Rocky Romero in new Japan. Um, and it was something that we, that started becoming a possibility a couple of weeks before the show and um, really went down to show day of a, of a lot of discussions back and forth. And knowing that we were going to South Bend, knowing all the things you just said about the limitations on Will's schedule and um, what it would look like. And, um, Honestly, it was you know the night before, so, so very much behind the curtain here. The night before, a group of us were out to dinner with Will and a few other people and um, talking over what, the, what it might look like if we pulled the trigger and did it. And um, we found, we, we don't know everything that's, that's coming in the next year, but we found a general understanding that we think is going to work really well for Will being the representative of the brand. And um, we pulled the trigger, and and like you mentioned a moment ago, we're very blessed that we we have three titles now. And our our men's champion is Will Osprey, our women's champion is Thunder Rosa, and our lucha champion is Aramis. And having three titles with three incredible best in the world performers holding them allows for us to sometimes run a show where one of those titles isn't present. So, for example, Thunder Rosa will not be in South Bend; she's previously booked. But having three champions allows us to do a show and have it feel important and have it be momentous and important because the championship is on the line, even if one of them isn't there. So with Will's uh, complicated schedule, if he is still champion after South Bend, we are able to have a show where maybe he's not there, but maybe Thunder Rosa headlines. Um, so so it's a lot of things that went into it, but ultimately it was a leap of faith. And we looked at each other and we're like, Eric and I, when we, we, we were the two that made the final call, we said, are we doing this? We're doing it. Here we go. And now we turn the page. Warrior
1: Wrestling 18 is in South Bend. You're leaving Chicago the area for the first time. And it's at the Bendix Arena in South Bend Saturday, January 22nd. And Osprey is back to defend the championship. So, wow. I mean, yeah. what was the decision behind South Bend and then maybe expanding the brand to other markets?
4: Great question. We have been talking about this internally for months and we've actually had several internal, uh, all kind of all of our team, whether it's Fan Fest or broadcast production or live event production and booking and everybody kind of meeting and talking about what the future holds for us. We think right now there is really a great opportunity um, to bring wrestling to more places. People love live wrestling. And with the pandemic, uh, with WWE and AEW being stuck in their home bases, People haven't been able to see a lot of live wrestling. And even coming out of the pandemic, AEW runs usually once a week and WWE has significantly curtailed its uh, formerly aggressive live event touring schedule. So there's a lot of people who want to see live wrestling who don't get high quality international star live wrestling coming to their town. A lot of folks have local live wrestling and that's wonderful. It's just a different thing than what we do. Um, But a lot of people don't have the chance to see Will Ospreay, to see Thunder Rosa, to meet Brian Cage, to meet Brian Pillman Jr. And so we talked about bringing what we do to more places. And South Bend was a natural first stop for a variety of reasons. I'm very familiar with the market. I spent a lot of my time undergrad and grad school there and and know a lot about South Bend. We actually helped impact co-promote a show there before Bound for Glory in 2019. So we've done a lot of the groundwork. It's also 90 minutes from Chicago. And our thought was, we, we know first of all from our own inti- uh, internal ticket data, we have a lot of fans from Indiana and Michigan that come to our shows. So South Bend's actually closer for a lot of folks than Chicago. So we have a fan base that's already out there. We also have a fan base here in Chicago that if it's a great show, if we put together a great card, we think they'll drive the 90 minutes. 90 minutes is not five hours. It's not the other side of the country. So South Bend was a very natural step being 90 minutes away, having fans in that area already who come to Chicago for the warrior shows, making it accessible to our Chicago fans. Uh, it's, an, it's a market we know, as I said, it also is an underserved market. So I, I'm, a, I'm a huge nerd about live event Uh, wrestling. South Bend used to be a stop on the WWE loops. They used to stop at the Joyce Center at the University of Notre Dame in the 1980s and and through the mid-90s. Hulk Hogan wrestled in South Bend twice a year. And really that dried up in the late 90s and no major promotions have come through South Bend in 20 years. And this is a market that used to sell out the Joyce Center at Notre Dame, which is a big college basketball arena for wrestling shows. So knowing that the market likes wrestling, wants wrestling, and hasn't seen TV star quality wrestling in a while. We thought it was ripe to move the show there. I'll I'll tell you this too, and sorry to be so long-winded. We were in South Bend yesterday. Myself, Eric, and my sister Liz, we did a venue walkthrough. We met with the sponsor. We're co-sponsoring the show with the local rock station. We talked to a whole bunch of people yesterday in South Bend. Every one of them said, I can't believe a show like this is coming to South Bend. I can't believe Will Osprey is coming to South Bend. People are excited and we want to bring the product to a place where people are really excited to have it. Is there anything that you can share with us about the upcoming show
1: on January 22nd in terms of uh, what matches we might see, or is that stuff
4: still kind of to be announced? It is to be announced. We are waiting on some final clearances for some of the combinations. Um, as you know, we work with a lot of the the bigger promotions, right? It's MLW and AEW and New Japan, particularly on this show. And um, in some of the match combinations we put together, we need to get the yes from some big wigs. So um, we're waiting on a few final things to fall into place. Uh, hopefully by the time this drops on January 4th, we've uh, uh Hammered some of those out, ironed them out, but right now we're still waiting, so I can't say anything yet. Okay. So yeah, there's a few things that we're still waiting for that might have ripple effects on other things. So, so really, right now, there's a tentative card, then there's a backup card if X doesn't happen, and a backup backup card if Y needs to get moved here. And there, there's there's a lot of moving pieces.
1: And. Um... Last show too, you guys had a couple of unfortunate, uh, no shows for warrior 17, but you were able to adjust on the fly and still bring a quality, quality show. Now, what's it like when you hear something maybe in the last 24 to 36 hours that someone's not going to appear and then you got to scramble to fill that spot.
4: You know, it's gotten easier because our, in our very first show, it happened, we lost, um, Jake, we lost OVE on our first show the day of. We lost Phoenix on our first show the day of and had to move some things around. And and for that, it was like a, you know, a DEF CON 1 situation because we, you know, we'd never done a show before and things are changing. At this point, we kind of bake it into the cake. We kind of assume with the number of talent that we fly in, um, we assume one or two cancellations a show. And you don't know who and you don't know why right for in december for warrior 17 we had an injury a personal reason and a COVID case all of which are legit um and they all happen you know relatively close to showtime so you've always got we've got it in the back of our mind now all right if something happens how could we pivot how could we punt um we also try to stack the show such that even if you really wanted to see one match and that match can't happen for some reason there's a bunch of other matches that are going to deliver. And that's the one thing, you know, we lost for Warrior 17, Brody King, Chelsea Green, and Bandito. Uh, we added Matt Taven. We added uh, Gringo Loco, Billy Starks, and Axel Rico. And we added Joey Janela. Besides one particularly grumpy person, we didn't hear boo from anybody who said, oh, the show suffered and the show wasn't as good or whatever. People were thrilled. They were thrilled to see Janela. They were thrilled to see Taven um, and they were thrilled with the quality of the matches on the show. So that's, that's on us. When those things happen, we've got to deliver. So it just, it turns up the pressure a little bit, but we like pressure. Well, you've done this 17 times now.
1: You've made some contacts out there and you've earned a lot of trust and equity with the talent and a lot of people involved in the business. So you can place that last minute phone call and
4: get somebody to come in at a moment's notice, which is really cool. Agreed. You know, and and that's the thing that we've always tried, you know, Eric has preached from day one, you know, treat everybody like a million bucks and not that we wouldn't otherwise, but you know, you you treat people like their family, like they're part of the team. And then, you know, if you're always making deposits, positive deposits with other folks and not asking for withdrawals, when the time comes that you need a withdrawal, that you need a favor, again, you know, Joey Janela was a phone call away, Joey, we had something happen. Are you free? Sure, man, I'll be there, you know, like that's That is uh, the benefit, as you said, of having had a great working relationship. So now how many shows do
1: you envision this year? It seems like you guys are getting
4: really aggressive with the scheduling. And then what other locales might interest you guys? Great question. There is no set answer to your first question. Um, So, typically, we've done in a calendar year. So, we used to think about it in school years, but in a calendar year, we've done four to five shows. The most we've ever done is five in a calendar year. Uh, This past year, we did three in the summer, October, and uh, December. We will do more in 2022. I don't know what the exact number will be. Uh, I don't know if we'll become monthly. Uh, I I, I doubt we will definitely not become monthly in Chicago. Um, But we will do more than five. Absolutely. Um, right now, we've only got the spring. Excuse me. Kind of conceptually laid out. Um, to your second question, we are looking at a variety of locations um, within a radius distance of Chicago. That's one of the things that we've strategically agreed to. Is that we, you know, we we had the discussions. Do we take the show to New Jersey? Do we take the show to Philadelphia? Do we take the show? Do we follow the GCW model? And maybe one day. But but right now, our thinking is. Chicago is our home base. And if we, we step out from Chicago, we'll come back to Chicago. So right now, you know, candidly, and it's not in stone yet, the plan is South Bend in January, Chicago in February. Maybe we go somewhere else in March and Chicago in April. Uh, and the idea being like I shared earlier about South Bend, we wanna pick locations that are within reasonable transportation distance from Chicago. So if our fans wanted to go to say, Milwaukee, or the Quad Cities, or Peoria, or Grand Rapids, that or Madison. You know, th- those are, are towns that we're looking at as possible um, radius locations for Warrior Wrestling shows. But nothing yet is in stone, but we're talking about all of that.
1: That is so awesome, Steve. And really appreciate you coming on for Windy City Slam 100. And if you'd like to promote social media and merchandise and whatever upcoming events that are set in stone
4: for warrior wrestling. You got it. Well, warrior wrestling.net. Our website is the central hub for tickets right now. The only show on the books formally is January 22nd in South bend, Indiana at the Bendix arena, which is amazing by the way, it's a Coliseum style arena, leather seats. It's an esports arena. It's brand new. Um, recently redone. And so that'll be January 22nd. Again, if you're in the Chicago area, it's 90 minutes. You know, uh, my, me, Eric, and my sister met at my parents' house in Tinley Park, and we were there in 78 minutes, door to door. So it, it's very, very doable. Um, that's coming up on Saturday, January 22nd. Socials are at Warrior Wrestling, no vowels in wrestling, W-R-S-T-L-N-G, on Twitter and Instagram, and you can find us on Facebook as well. Watch those spaces. We're going to be doing a lot more with socials. We have been in the last couple months and are going to continue to ramp up the amount of videos and photos and content we push out on the socials as we, as you said, have a much more aggressive push in 2022. Steve, thank you very much. Take care. Mike, great to see you.
1: great talking to steve tortorello very very much looking forward to warrior wrestling 18 for the first time outside the chicagoland area in south bend saturday night january 22nd steve and i go back to the summer of 2018 he's always been good to windy city slam he's always been good to the local wrestling media very very much appreciated and good luck at Warrior Wrestling 18, Steve. I know you guys are going to kill it once again. All right, next, our final guest of the evening. As Kirby would say, now it's time for the main event. I think I just woke up a bunch of cats around here. Near my southwest suburban studios, but what the hell? I figure I might as well try to do something in Kirby's voice. Don't know if I did a good enough job or not, but <laughs> I'll let you guys be the judge. Now, coming up here on Windy City Slam podcast, the final guest of episode number 100, the All Star Extravaganza, one of my favorite guests of all time, yours rudely, Trevor Outlaw. All right, back again here on Windy City Slam podcast. And to commemorate 100 episodes of the podcast, we welcome one of our most popular guests, despite the fact he's probably one of the least popular wrestlers to come on the show. The only wrestler who has two top 10 ranked episodes in the history of Windy City Slam. He is yours rudely, Trevor Outlaw.
4: Trevor.
0: One of the most popular you're welcome you're welcome for the ratings that uh yeah way a way to totally hit me below the belt you know it's it's funny ever since i've had surgery and got injured everyone's uh everyone's trying to be a real smart ass at my expense now but nobody was nobody was chirping this much when i could do something about it so it's you know i i think everyone's just being a bunch of bozos and cowards
1: yeah feeding that ego of yours two top 10 episodes that's pretty impressive my friend
0: i mean i'm not surprised like <laughs> I mean, you've had some cool guests on, sure, but, like, let's be realistic here. I mean, there's nobody that has more star power than yours, Rudely. It's just a fact.
1: You had some serious momentum toward the end of 2021. You were in main events. You had matches against Vic Capri, Dan Housen, Effie, just to name a few. And then, unfortunately, you had this freak accident at um, one of the freelance shows where you just jumping off the ring apron and you, you messed up your knee. So... How has it been the last few weeks dealing with that injury?
0: It's been rough, man. Like, I'm coming off the hottest. I mean, like, I don't even know whether to call it, like, my rookie or my sophomore year because of the pandemic. I'm just going to say rookie year. Um, nobody's had a better rookie year than I have. I mean, you look, at, you look at my list of accomplishments, especially, you know, in the last six months of the year. I mean, starting off with Wrestling Colt Cabana, uh, the Nightmare Factory Showcase, which, by the way, mine was the most viewed of all time. Um, beating Danhausen. A month later, I beat Effie. The next weekend, I beat Kylie Ray and Isaiah Velasquez. Wrestling Eric Cannon twice. Um, you know, I, I could go on and on. Young Lions Cup finalists. I mean, I wrestled three times in a damn day. And it sucks that I'm sitting out right now because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm watching my peers who don't work nearly as hard as I do. And I'm not, I'm not going to sit there and complain about, like, oh, I'm overlooked or anything like that because I'm not, you know as soon as companies started realizing what they had with me um, you know, my, my stock has been accelerating, but it's frustrating to watch other people getting opportunities now, knowing that not only am I a better professional wrestler than them um, I'm a better, I'm just, I have a star power. I mean, I'm TV, I've been TV ready since my first match. Like it's, it's, that's the hard part, but uh, you know, talking about the freak accident, it's, I, I thought that that was initially where I actually tore my ACL. But after the doctor looked at my MRIs, my CT scans, um, I developed a little bit of arthritis over the last two years. And he said that's because of how long my meniscus and ACL have been torn. But I'm always wearing knee pads, sleeves, like, I, you know, but I just went out there in my street clothes and beat Matt Nix's ass. So When I jumped down because there was no ligaments there, my kneecap shifted and that's what caused it to swell up so bad. So, I mean, I technically didn't even get injured from this. I mean, I've been doing all of these things with one good knee my entire career. So there's, there's a silver lining to it. You know, knowing I'm as good as I am with, you know, not even being at a hundred percent, um, that's definitely a a reassuring thing, but it just still sucks that I'm out, you know?
1: Do you think maybe there was wear and tear from when you did wrestling in high school?
0: For sure. Um, I tore my ACL the first time in high school. And, um, you know, no matter how strong I got after that surgery, I just always thought this would be my bad knee. Um, Because, you know, I've had plenty of instances since, oh, shit, man, probably since even college that like, you know, I was walking and weird and and it, and it tweaked, but, or, or something happened, you know, even like little things at practice. So like, I can't specify exactly when, but I mean, timeline wise, from what the doctor said, it's been at least two years. And with my cumulative time of training and, and wrestling matches, it's, it seems like it's been around since I've started that I've been dealing with this. So.
1: And now with the injury, but you've still tried to keep up appearances at times at some shows with non-wrestling roles, cutting promos, interviews, stuff like that. Is that yeah. something that we're going to expect over the next few months as you continue to rehab?
0: Absolutely. Uh, you know, one of the things with professional wrestling is that you have to stay relevant in this business. I mean, for someone like me, I'm, you know, when I talk, people pay attention. You know, I turn heads. I I, I open ears. So, uh, to go away while I'm out would just be stupid. Um, you know, everybody loves a good comeback story, and and I don't really give a shit about that because I don't want people to cheer me when I come back and give me some heroes welcome because they treated me like shit the entire time. When I announced that I got injured, they chanted, "You deserve it." They threw toilet paper at me. They threw tampons at me. Um, I've just been getting nothing but disrespect. So I'm I'm gonna continue to, to to ruin these shows for people because I don't care. I don't care how the fans have a good time like no I'm trying to be on TV like I'm going to be a star and quite frankly I'm not saying this to be cocky even though everyone thinks I am it's just a fact nobody can do what I can on a microphone I can I can walk out in that ring and say whatever the hell I want because I know it, you know everybody goes out there and, and everyone talks about gimmicks and wrestling, and I'm gonna dress up as this and go out there and wrestle. It's everybody, it's everybody dancing up in their Halloween costumes trying to convince you that they're somebody that they're not. Everybody's told me I'm an asshole my whole life, so I decided, you know what, screw it, let's ride off that yours rudely, baby. And it's just, it's just comical to me because that's the that's the hardest pill to swallow is knowing that I can't even physically back up what I want to say right now, but I'm. So Still, I'm still a bigger star than anybody else out on this Midwest scene while I'm on the injury list.
1: And that just keeps resonating through with all of your social media videos and things like that. And I've come to appreciate what Trevor Outlaw brings to the table in terms of local professional wrestling, not only in ring, but outside of the ring as well. So rehab now uh, i i heard some things that you were getting your ass kicked a little bit at rehab no so what, what's that been like for you
0: yeah man it's it's been tough i mean i'm 12 day as of the time that we're recording this i'm just under two weeks post-op uh they already had me moving in pt on day three so you know where i'm at with my range of motion with where the pts can get me um i'm starting to walk a little bit more like put way on my foot with like my crutches and stuff. Like I'm ahead of schedule with that, which is good. Uh pain management's a little bit difficult. You know, I've I've taken I've taken some nasty hits in wrestling, but I mean nothing compares to having your your legs surgically sliced. So um that's probably the hardest part of it. But you know, PT's PT is going good. I I got lucky and I was able to get in for surgery a month early. So that puts me a little bit of a month ahead of what my recovery schedule should be. Um, and then you know i i already gave 100% to wrestling before i got hurt you know i i, I live a i live a very uh, glamorous lifestyle but i'm i'm in the gym i'm training i'm working harder than anybody else out there the only difference is, is i don't post it because i don't need people to validate how hard i work i don't need people to you know, pat me on the back. No, I, I I'm going to go out there. I'm going to kick someone's ass. I'm going to show how big of a star I am. I'm going to collect my payday and I'm going to go home and just count down the days until I'm on TV.
1: So we've had 100 episodes of this show. You've been on this show now five times and that's more than anybody. You, you've just become one of my favorite guys to talk to, even when you give me and and Chris shit. Yeah. I mean,
0: it's kind of it's kind of good. Chris hasn't been around for these last universe. He was really really striking a nerve with me on those first couple. But uh, you know, it's again, uh, who else can you have on here as many times as me? Nobody, because every time I talk, I bring I bring something good to the table. You can bring on, you know, you've been bringing on some of the newer guys coming out of freelance, like Angel Escalera and the Bang Bros, and and people like that, and like. Yeah. You know, it's awesome. Give them a little bit of interview time. Those, those jackasses need to learn how to talk anyways. So otherwise they're never going to do anything, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm already ready. You know, the, the point of, you know, interviews and, and public appearances is like, you, you have to be able to to speak publicly. You have to be able to be in front of people. And it's like all of these other wrestlers act like they're so tough and that they're invincible, but then they get insulted once on social media and then they go hide in their room and cry all day. Like everyone's soft, man. Like, i don't know man it's just this time this time i've had at home has really gotten me to to reflect on how much better i am than everybody else
1: and before we started the interview i noticed a little bit of a new look uh you somehow uh got rid of the great head of hair that you had
0: yeah i uh i kind of had a britney spears moment i was like it's time to shave um I kind of like it. You know, it's a new look. It's something different. I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm stuck at home for a while and I, I hold my, uh, my physical appearance to a very high standard. So not being able to, you know, go to the barber and get groomed up is difficult. So, you know, I'm going to trim my beard a little bit shorter, shave my head so that it's, I don't look like a total caveman when I can go get uh, dialed up again, because otherwise it was, it was getting a little, uh, I was getting a little messy, but I'm kind of liking the shaved head look. It's, it's easy.
1: So not much of a person that would end up like a Trevor Lee or a.k.a. Uh, Cameron Grimes from NXT if you let that hair grow out a little bit more. No,
0: I can never... Uh, that's You know, long hair like that is not for me. I have I've been blessed with a great head of hair. I have a lot of hair on my head. Um, so I like to, you know, I like to keep my hair short and, you know, I, the beard gets a little bit longer. But all these other dudes that have such long hair in wrestling, their hair is so thin that, like... They need to have that because otherwise, like if they have short hair, like you're going to see their whole scalp. So, I mean, don't don't believe everything you say you see. You know, everyone's got their hair mopped and soaking wet because, you know, God forbid if, if you could see what they really looked like. They all look like a bunch of slobs.
1: Yeah, those famous skullets, as uh, some people would
0: say. Oh, it's brutal. The only person that has anything mullet related in wrestling that looks good is Frank the Clown. God, I love that beautiful mullet of his. <laughs>
1: And uh, speaking of social media, uh, go ahead and plug your social media. And now you're back on Twitter as well, which I'm very excited about. Merchandise. And when you might end up dropping in on a show, unless you want to do that unannounced.
0: Yeah. um, You know, social media handles everything's the same at the Trevor Outlaw. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Trevor Outlaw. Buy some shirts because I got medical bills. And uh, even though all you people hate me, you know, my merchandise sales indicate otherwise. So you know, continue to fill my pockets so I can pay those bills. But, uh, in terms of shows coming up that I'm going to be at, you know, I'm, I'm at this point where I'm done doing the young boy shit. I'm done paying my dues. I've, I've done that. I've cemented myself as a top name in independent professional wrestling. Um, I'm going to show up when I feel like it, you know, there's no, there's no big surprise or anything. I mean, I'm not going to be able to wrestle for quite a while still, but, um, I'm going to show up when I feel like it, you know, maybe I'll go to freelance this month. Maybe I won't, you know, Matt Nix kicked me out last time. And every time I've been trying to get something out these last couple of months, I keep getting interrupted. So, you know what, I'm going to plan, I'm going to plan when I want to be there, I'm going to find my moment, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to say what I have to. So, you know, maybe it's at a freelance show, maybe it's at Black Label Pro. maybe it's at Warrior, maybe it's somewhere else, maybe it's down in Texas, who knows, you know, everybody wants it's funny because even now that I'm out, everybody's already trying to book me for when I come back. Like it's, it's insane. Mike, I it's, it's absolute insanity.
1: And one thing I neglected to mention earlier during the body of the interview, and I'll get to it now is your ability to just adapt to situations and embrace things. A little over a year ago, we talked about how you shot yourself in the nuts with the confetti cannon and you, you made that, you own that. You took it and you, you, you made your character and you made yourself even bigger. You played off of that so brilliantly. And I know this injury and these, this rehab is going to make you stronger as well. And you're going to become a better person after this.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I can become much better of a person than I am already. I, you know, I mean, I'm on top of the world. Well, you know, I'm killing it at the shoot job, still making a kill in there. Um, you know, I'm killing it on the Indies, even though I can't wrestle. Um, it's, I, I physically, I will come back stronger and better though. You know, outside of the, the rehabbing, you know, I have a lot more time on my hands to, to spend in the gym, to bulk up on a different diet, you know, to do a lot of different things that when you're on the road every single weekend, I mean, before I got hurt, I was wrestling at least two times a weekend, most of the times, three times, um, That takes a lot on the body and then you have to train less because you got to give your body a little bit more time to recover. So now that I'm not going to be doing that for a little while, um, you know, there's there's a little worry about ring rust in my head. But I mean, a lot of the stuff I do, I have kind of adopted from instinctual things I've done in fights throughout my whole life anyways. So I don't worry about that too much, but I I do look forward to uh, the physical progress I'll be able to make in the gym during this time off.
1: Trevor, thank you so much for coming on with Windy City Slam for our 100th episode. We really appreciate you, even if you don't appreciate us.
0: Yeah, man. The pleasure is all yours. I mean, come on, dude. You can't do 100 episodes without me. (laughs) Thank you. I'm your golden goose.
1: Love him or hate him, Trevor Outlaw has always been a very polarizing man. He's always been a fun guest to have on here on Windy City's Slam Podcast. Looking forward to his big return, maybe sometime around trev Timber. You never know what you might see in store from yours rudely, Trevor Outlaw. Wow. So I've had so much fun this past week recording these interviews for the All-Star Extravaganza, episode 100. So many great memories over the past couple of years. We had a ton of great guests other than these gentlemen that we had on today. I mean, I really enjoyed Vic Capri. Um, we had some other great guests. Marche Rocket was awesome. Missa Kate was always a good friend of the show. Val Capone. I mean, it just goes on and on. We, we've had a lot of great people come on. And hopefully down the line, even more great people as we head into the future. And speaking of that future... We don't have the guest booked yet for next week, but we're going to be working on it. We got some feelers out there, so hopefully we can reel somebody in before it's airtime next week. Plus, we'll talk about some of the shows in the area. It's been busy in Chicago. It will be busy over the next couple of weeks. You're listening to Windy City Slam Podcast. Thank you for listening for the first 100 episodes. Stick with us for another hundred. Hopefully, you'll like what we got. So on, everybody!